Welcome to a brand new edition of Problematic Women. I'm Lauren Evans. And I'm Kelsey Bowler. Well, it's April, and you know what that means? It's spring break. Kelsey? I mean, maybe if you're in college or high school, Lauren. <laughs> I don't know. Kid, pa- parents with kids get spring break. Heritage is pretty pretty empty because one of the local counties this week is on spring break. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's probably in my future sooner than I realize, <laughs> considering I have two little ones. Yeah, you took like a spring quarter going into yep. Florida for a couple months. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, I took my maternity leave down in Florida, which is the way to go. I highly recommend it for anybody who has babies. Especially these days. I actually went to Florida this weekend, and it was kind of overcast. We were only beach for three hours. I reapplied sunscreen twice, but I'm still like bright tomato red and you know that thing where like your face is peeling and it's so gross and you're so self-conscious about it but I just keep remembering reminding myself it's my base tan <laughs> which I was that always makes me laugh so hard that it's your base tan's just a sunburn that hopefully after that you'll get tan so I mean I agree with that I have to admit one of the things I was not prepared for after becoming a mom was the lack of time you have to ever lay out and get tan mm. or even a sunburn anymore because anytime I'm at the beach now I need to be sitting making sure the little children don't die and and yeah and <laughs> you know our beach days last about 45 minutes maybe oh. but we'll get there we'll yeah. get there it'll just take time mm. well on to more important things Lauren what are we going to talk about today up on today's problematic women we'll break down a new effort that's underway to defend the legal rights of women and girls we'll also share the horrific story of five aborted babies that appear to have been aborted illegally here in washington dc we'll also address the mental health crisis among teen girls and as always we'll be crowning our problematic woman of the week each week on problematic women we sort through the news to find stories that are of particular interest to conservative leaning or problematic women those whose views and opinions are often excluded by those on the so-called feminist left if you are a problematic woman or just someone who supports strong independent women please consider supporting us by leaving a review or a rating on apple podcasts or wherever you listen and encourage others to subscribe it really does make a difference all right let's get to it In the name of inclusion, activists are attempting to erase the concept of biological sex from our laws, from our schools, and from the medical profession. The unwillingness among them to acknowledge biological sex differences or even to define the term woman or man has serious implications for equal opportunity, privacy, and safety. It's affecting female athletes, female prisoners, any females who value women's only spaces, such as locker rooms and bathrooms. It's even affecting women in the medical medical space because the terms woman and girl are being eliminated from medical and educational materials. We all know when I was pregnant, I was a pregnant person, not a pregnant oh, woman. Gosh. In order to reverse this trend, Independent Women's Forum and Independent Women's Voice has released what we call the Women's Bill of Rights. Don't forget that the Women's Bill of Rights. This ensures that a um, this ensures a biology based definition of a woman is enshrined into law and affirms that single sex programs and facilities can be legal and necessary. 
the Women's Bill of Rights does not replace the Bill of Rights to our Constitution or create any special rights for women. Rather, it codifies the common public understanding of sex-based terms and enshrines, enshrines into law the right of women to be recognized as a biologically distinct sex. Imagine that. It does this by legally defining basic sex-based terms such as man-woman, male-female sex that in recent years have been manipulated to alter the common public meaning of our anti-discrimination laws. Sadly, we know on this show this is important because without a clear understanding of the term sex, laws meant to prohibit sex discrimination will cease to mean anything at all. A justice system that does not recognize biological sex cannot fully defend the legal rights of women. So, Lauren, what's interesting about this the Women's Bill of Rights, which again, just released last week, is that Independent Women's Forum got quite a diverse coalition of women and groups to sign on to it, including Abigail Schreier, uh, the feminist group Women Liberations Front. So, you know, this isn't just like a conservative effort to protect the integrity of women and and what being a woman actually means. Um, you know, this has this has diverse backing. And yet, um, of course, we know many on the left will strongly oppose to it. So I'm curious, you know, not, you know, you, someone kind of on the outside, you don't know a whole lot about this yet. When the left is asked about the Women's Bill of Rights, how do you think they'll respond? I mean, I'm so grateful for IWF putting this together. This is such a great and powerful tool. And I think most on the left will respond like uh, Judge KBJ when she was asked, you know, can you define what a woman is? And she just literally goes, uh, um, I'm not a biologist. And that's what they're going to have to say. Right. Because but they, this would define it for them. Well, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they'll be, you don't need the biologist now. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to like be flabbergasted. And what a sad world that we live in that this is needed to be like, oh, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. When a my two-year-old niece could tell you who her mom and her dad is. She knows the difference between a, a male and a female. And so I'm grateful that I think this is going to be a really great tool. I think it's a great way to phrase it. And I'm glad, too, that you're really bringing together a diverse coalition because that's important to show that it's this is not some crazy conservative cause. Like we have people on the left. We have not changed our position on this in 2000 years, right? A man is a man, a woman, a woman. It's the left really in the past two, three years that have gone so crazy on this transgender issue. And we're, we're with this. You're really trying to back them into a corner. And I, I hope it's successful. And I really it, it's, it's sad that it's needed, but I, we have to protect girls these days. Absolutely. And I think what we see often on the left is um, them trying to quietly manipulate the terms woman and what it means to be a biological female. And by codifying this into law and coming up with a very careful legal definition of what a woman and, and a female is, it does force them to um, to acknowledge publicly what they're trying to do, what how they're manipulating the meaning of the term woman. And it brings it, it, it shines light on it. Um, so I, I really hope that uh, lawmakers either at the, the, the state or the federal level adopts this. Um, I, I would love to hear the left's response if they oppose this. Why? I mean, this is very basic in, in, in the way it 
codifies again the definition of woman and girl um and you know i i unfortunately think it is very important to protect women because we know in all different spaces in all different situations um women's rights are being threatened women are just being erased and um you know it it is time for us to go on the offensive and ensure that we are protected uh, and and we are preserving the true definition of woman. Heck, it doesn't even have to be national or state. Even in your student government, go ahead and pass this because we need everyone to stand up for women. Kelsey, if people want to find more information about this, where can they go? Yeah, to learn more about the Women's Bill of Rights and actually to sign it and to show your support for it, you can head to IWV dot org. Uh, there you can actually read the Women's Bill of Rights. It's pretty simple for anyone to understand. Imagine that, that the definitions of a woman and, and female are not too complex. Um, so I, yeah, I really encourage anybody to read it, uh, sign on, add your name to our petition so that we can let lawmakers know on your behalf, this is something you want to see taken seriously and be codified into law. All right, Kelsey, thank you so much for bringing that up for our audience. We have so much more to get to. But first, I want to tell you about a fun way that you can stay connected with Problematic Women throughout the week. Problematic Women is on Instagram or IG, as the kids call it. You can catch highlights of the shows, fun reels, inspiring social graphics. Uh, they made a Lauren Evans quote graphic yesterday, so just just saying. And stay informed about what we're covering on the show by following Problematic Women on Instagram. Just search for Problematic Women and look for the bright pink logo. The Washington, D.C. medical examiner will not perform autopsies on the bodies of five aborted babies that appear to have been aborted illegally. A whistleblower inside a D.C. abortion clinic allegedly gave the remains to a pro-life organization, which then reported them to the police. Horrific images of the body show almost completely intact babies, some old enough to survive outside the womb. D.C.'s abortion laws are some of the least restrictive in the country. The D.C. assistant chief of police said the abortions were in accordance with D.C. law, so they will not be investigating the deaths further. But pro-lifers and medical experts believe the aborted remains indicate potential infanticide after botched abortions were attempted on the babies, making it a partial birth abortion, which is illegal federally. Dr. Kathy Altman, an obstetrician and former abortionist, told Live Action one of the babies appeared to be fully normal except for the trauma to the neck, possibly from an attempt to to deliver, possibly from an attempt to deliver the baby. I don't know, Kelsey, have you seen the images? They were going on on Twitter. I clicked it. I saw that for our viewers out there, if you haven't seen it, it's a decision that you're going to have to make yourself. They're really gross. They're really I mean, it's horrifying to see. It's going to be an image that sticks with you. I think for some people, it's important to see and really understand the horrors of abortion. But for a lot of women, I'm sure it just is, it's too much. But to see these and to see the D.C. government not wanting to do anything. I mean, Kelsey, are you surprised by this at all? The abortionist who performed these, quote unquote, procedures is a monster. I, I mean, that I don't know how any human being can do this. I really, um, I do encourage everybody to look at the images for themselves because if not, it's out of sight, out of mind. You hear about it. It sounds awful. Seeing it is something different. Um, if I were a politician, um, you know, advocating on this issue, I would probably have, um, 
prints of these wherever I go to show the extent to which we have lost grasp with humanity to allow this. You know, I I think you know, I'm pro-life period, but there's a special place in hell for people who uh, support late-term abortions. And you have to see for yourself what a late-term abortion is, and that's what these are. I, um, my, my daughter was born two months early, and she was in the NICU for over a month. And inside the NICU, I saw babies that were much smaller than the babies in these pictures from Washington, D.C., And that is so unacceptable and so horrifying to me that in one wing of a hospital, you can have nurses and doctors and mothers and fathers doing everything humanly possible to fight for these little lives. In one case, there's a baby near us that was just over two pounds. And then in another wing of a hospital, you can have doctors ending the lives of these children. And that's what they are. They are clearly fully formed babies, um, which uh, from, from the looks of it, from the information we have available um, that had a very good chance of surviving if they um, ever had a chance. Um, These were souls. These were human beings and um, the most, the most precious human beings and, you know, there's there's so many tragedies going on around us. I mean, what's happening in Ukraine is just devastating. And I just, you know, I look at these images and ask how, how we as such a developed nation in an advanced society can still accept this. There is no reason um, that these babies shouldn't um, have been given a fighting chance and... Um, it's just absolutely disgusting what happened to them, and I'm disgusted that uh, authorities are appearing to not pursue an investigation because their lives matter. Um, walk into any NICU, and you'll see why these babies are worth fighting for. Um, it's it's just tragic. Kelsey, that's so powerful. I didn't even think about Scarlett, and yeah, she was not much bigger than, than these babies and and what a powerful point of you know literally the same facilities that help women with their pregnancy and and do everything they can and then they're they will kill these these babies that are fully formed and it makes me so mad being so i i luckily moved out of dc had a great time living in dc but i'm in virginia it's way better but to think about the city that allows this terrible homelessness problem. They spent all this money and time and the mayor walked down Black Lives Matter Plaza and it was this huge thing and they just have no regard for human life. And for people who try to espouse that we're so tolerant, we want everybody, you know, no, they're not. They 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 care about this such a weird subsect of victimhood and they don't see the, these are the number one victims in, in the country of these, these def- most defenseless human creatures on the whole planet and they're just okay and they want to wipe it under the rug so it's an important part and and lauren i I think it's really important to say these babies were wanted there Mm. are so many mothers and fathers or um, men and women who do anything to become a mother and father who would have taken these babies and loved them unconditionally Mm. Um, and i 
you know, as, as angry as this story makes you, it also makes me pray for the mothers who made this decision. Um, because I, I do believe that, um, in time they will realize what they did. Um, I think a lot of women are manipulated into Mm. believing that these aren't human beings, that these aren't, uh, living souls. Um, but you know, these, again, these images are so powerful. Um, I also pray for the the mothers who Mm. at this point might've seen these images and, and, and might've wanted to pretend that they weren't human beings. And, um, pretty clearly from, from these pictures they are, and I can't imagine, uh, the emotions that they're dealing with in, in seeing what they've done. So I do pray for those mothers and I, I do pray for, um, I pray for anybody who um, who supports these types of evils. Um, mm. They really do need prayers. Mm. Couldn't agree more, Kelsey. What other upbeat topics do we have for us today? <laughs> okay, let's move on to our next topic, which unfortunately, Lauren, isn't much more upbeat, uh, but it's very important as well. And it's a story I think has gone underreported. Um, and that is the mental health crisis um, that is happening amongst teens. And I don't use the term crisis lightly, but it really is a crisis. So there's a new, um, there's a new piece written by Susie Weiss on, uh, published on Barry Weiss's Common Sense Stubsack called The Teen Girls Aren't Going to Forget. Um, they say it's like a a sci-fi show where people went to sleep and woke up two years later. Lockdown is over, but the scars of isolation aren't going away. So this article is about the very damaging toll that COVID and the lockdowns, school closures have had on um, teenage girls. And uh, as part of her reporting, uh, Susie Weiss uh, spoke to a handful of different parents, some of which um, went on the record with their names about the devastating toll that the lockdowns have had on their teen girls. Um, in one case, uh, the, the toll was so devastating that the father, he's from Washington, D.C., didn't want to use his name. Um, he asked to remain anonymous because his daughter, daughter he said, seems so fragile. Um, he actually had to rush his teenage daughter to the hospital um, around Thanksgiving. Uh, he said, quote, it was Sunday morning and they called their doctors since his daughter seemed like uh, she was about to pass out. So his daughter had lost a lot of weight during the lockdowns. And the doctor told the father that if they didn't get his daughter to the hospital soon, her heart might stop. So when they got there, um, and this, this daughter was a teenager, she was 74.6 pounds. Um, Weiss writes, they gave her a feeding tube and she stabilized after a week. She was supposed to star in the play at summer camp, but camp was canceled. She was supposed to go out for debate, but that was off too. She was supposed to do Model UN, but then Model UN went remote. And it was just sad. She was supposed to go to the beach with her grandparents, but would she ever put on a bathing suit again? There are so many things that were supposed to happen and just didn't. And now everything was going back to normal, but it wasn't. Um, this father said, I, um, I say to my wife all the time, what have we done to our kids? 
Mm. And I think that's a question we really need to be asking because um, just the other week, the CDC put out a warning uh, that a mental health crisis among teens is accelerating. More than four in 10 teens are reporting that they feel persistently sad or hopeless, and one in five say they have contemplated suicide. So the CDC is warning the public that we have a crisis, a mental health health crisis for our teens. And yet this is the very same public agency that implemented the lockdowns that recommended the school closures. It, it's, it, it makes me so angry. It's like, <laughs> have they no self-awareness? They don't. It's got it's government. They're, the government's always the solution and the problem, you know, and that's that's part of the 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 secret sauce of government, right? Because they, they got to have a problem so they can solve it and then they got to solve it and then they got to have another problem. But Kelsey, I'm, I'm so glad you found this article because it really is such a important thing to talk about. And I think it shows going back to the story that we just talked about, about the aborted uh, babies is that as a society, adults have this such a selfish mindset and nobody thinks about protecting the vulnerable and protecting the people who need being protected, right? And and COVID, we went into our houses, we we locked down and 15 days to slow the spread. Nobody knew what was happening. But pretty early on, we realized that, okay, COVID really only affects old people and the people who are sick, right? People with um, pre-existing conditions. And so at that point, we should have said, well, that's unfortunate for elderly people, but let's keep them safe and let's let our young people live our lives. But we did this weird backwards thing where we made the kids mask up. And I mean, toddlers in New York City are still masked right now to protect people in our society that, I mean, we should respect our elders and we should never try to get anybody sick. But we really should be focusing on our children because they are the future. And that's how society and, and humankind have been wired for, you know, tens, tens of thousands since the world began. And the fact that we are now in this place in our society where it's all about adult selfish whims. And I think it even ties back into the first story about um, these people and transgender activists want to teach young children that a, a man can be a woman. And it, they're trying to put on young children their their weird desire to be a woman. And they think if they can teach young people, then it would be part of society in the future. And no, we need to say like time out. We need to protect our children. There's something wrong when the suicide rates for, I mean, even young women for, for years and years and years, it, you know, the suicide rate, unfortunately for men was higher and girls, they did other destructive things to the body like bulimia or cutting and, but suicide was never, but we're seeing like young girls are actually taking the step to kill themselves. And and the fact is, as a society, we can't take a step back and kind of look at all these things and say, wow, we need to stop because we need to stop. These lockdowns were for, uh, were just kept going because the government wanted to look like it was doing something. And all these white collar people who controlled the media, they liked not having to commute every day. And it really weighed on these young people because think back to when you were 13 or 14 years old. If you couldn't go to the dance, it was the worst thing ever or if you couldn't hang out with your friends and one thing that i've been thinking a lot lately is even with masks 
Imagine being 12, 13, 14, and you kind of had this mask and it covered your braces and your acne and you only saw everybody else's face and you, you probably felt comforted, right? Because you didn't have to see everybody, but you assumed everybody else's faces underneath were smooth skin and beautiful teeth and that really kind of creates a complex and now you don't want to take off the mask because you don't want to show your insecurities and, and all these weird things that we're doing to our kids and, I'm glad the CDC on one hand is is noticing this and is stepping up because it's it's really sad. Yeah. And if you think the spike in the number of young girls identifying as transgender is not related to this mental health crisis, you are delusional. Um, This is directly impacted by these lockdowns. The fact that young girls are just spending hours and hours and hours online and on their Mm. phones. Mm. Um, And in in addition to the statistics I cited earlier, the CDC also said from 2019 to 2020, the incidence of girls ages 12 to 17 who were rushed to the emergency room after attempting suicide jumped by 51%. ER admissions for eating disorders doubled among the same group. And then there's also uh, these these instances of tick-related disorders, TIC, and these are characterized by involuntary and repeated movements or sounds. This is something, Lauren, I'd never heard of before. Yeah, like TikTok um, stuff, right? Is well, what it's supposed to be? Well, experts are actually tracing in part to TikTok. Mm. Um, I mean, th- th- that's something actually we on this podcast should explore more. Yeah. I'm interested to learn more about it. Um, but I think parents need to know the devastating toll that social media is having on um, teenagers, particularly teen girls. Um, you know, if, if if my children were parents right now, I'd probably be taking um, pretty extreme measures to um, take away the social media and so forth, because um, these statistics are just unacceptable. They need to be a wake-up call for parents that are our teenagers, our daughters are not all right. Um, they need serious intervention. Um, and, and it's just, it's just devastating to see the effects of, you know, these lockdowns, COVID and so forth, of course. Um, and actually Susie writes, Weiss writes this in the piece that, you know, this isn't, you can't blame all of this on the lockdowns and COVID. Certainly these trends had begun prior to the lockdowns, but they have been accelerated. And now that these teenage girls are allowed to finally return to quote unquote normal life. Like it's, it's, they're scarred and, and these scars aren't just going away. I, I, again, I said this in the beginning, but, um, they, they said it's like a sci-fi show where people went to sleep and woke up two years later. Lockdown is over, but the scars of isolation aren't going away. Devastating, heavy mm. topics we've been talking about today, Lauren. But they're so um, they're so important to um, be aware of, so that we can, um, yeah, you know, no. as a society, take measures to correct course very fast. You're right. And the left will tell you for every one of these topics, like, oh, it's not important anymore. You know, lockdowns were so 2021, 2020, the world's back to normal, or. It's just about one swimmer in Pennsylvania. It's not a widespread problem. No, it is important every week for us to be talking about this and to plant our flag in in the sand because it's going to keep happening. The left is going to take every inch that we give them until we really stop and fight back. So, I Kelsey, again, love love this story. Well, I don't love the story, but I love that you found it and we talked about it because it, it was really just so important. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We have a very special problematic woman of the week. 
Virginia Allen here. I want to tell you all about one of my favorite podcasts. Heritage Explains is a weekly podcast that breaks down all the policy issues we hear about in the news at a 101 level. Hosts Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher mix in news clips and music to tell a story, but also bring in heritage experts to help break down complex issues. Heritage Explains offers quick 10 to 15 minute explainers that bring you up to speed in an entertaining way. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We even put the full episode on YouTube. Now it is that time once again, my favorite time of the week, time to crown our problematic woman of the week. And the crown goes to Amber Athey. Amber was a host of the radio show O'Connor and Company on WMALDC, which is a major radio station here in the D.C. metro area. After she wrote a tweet poking fun at Vice President Kamala Harris's brown suit, Amber was fired by Cumulus Media from her co-hosting role. Amber says leftist activists targeted the station with complaints over false claims that the joke was racist. So was it racist? We'll read the tweet to you word for word so you can decide. Quote, Kamala looks like a UPS employee. What can Brown do for you? Nothing good, apparently. So uh, if you're not aware, that was uh, what can Brown do for you? was an old tagline uh, for UPS. That wasn't uh, Amber coming up with her that, that herself. That was her um, using that word, talking about Kamala's outfit. But of course, leftist activists twisted the meaning and the intention behind this tweet to, I guess, imply that it's actually racist. Um, Larry O'Connor, who is the host of the show Amber was on and a friend to this show. In fact, he's been on Problematic Woman, one of the few men. Um, he's a class act. He responded uh, by actually covering the story on his show and even standing up for Amber. Here's a clip. I was very angry that this happened. I have been working in uh, trying to fight this within the company as much as I, any human being can, frankly, um, and all the way up to the highest levels of the company. And I want you to know, uh, first of all, my efforts clearly did not work. None of our efforts worked. A lot of people were fighting on Amber's behalf. We were trying to reverse this decision. And it looks like Cumulus uh, is not going to reverse that decision. I'm still an optimistic guy. I'm hopeful. I hope that they do. Um, but Amber went public with this yesterday. Uh, she was on Dan Bongino's show, as you just heard. She's going to be on Tucker Carlson tonight. I think that she has a very compelling story to tell, and I think that she's a very sympathetic figure in this. Um, I think that the company was absolutely wrong. It's a terrible decision. I hope they reverse it. It is unfair. It is uh, it's, it goes against everything that we try to stand for here on this show and, and consistently do stand for. In fact, if this were another company doing it to another person, we would be criticizing it. And that's why I'm criticizing it right now. So, Lauren, I hope this would never happen. But by uh, going against Cumulus Media's decision and standing up for Amber, Larry is, in fact, putting his own job and his own livelihood at risk. Um, in my opinion, he deserves a lot of credit for the way he has handled this, his bravery in uh, saying what he believes, despite it, it happening on his, um, you know, it, on his show. And he really serves as a model for others witnessing um, 
instances of injustices or cancel culture happening around them. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you caught any of this uh, this week. Y'all can check out Amber's um, Twitter. She also appeared on Tucker to talk about the situation. Um, you can read more about it. She wrote what she detailed what happened over in the spectator. Uh, she's on Twitter at Amber Athey, A-T-H-E-Y. Head over there to learn more, but certainly Lauren, she's, she deserves the crown of problematic woman of the week. Oh yeah. She stood up. I mean, the joke, whatever. It was pretty funny. She would, he looked Kamal suit. It was like the exact color brown of a UPS truck. And, and Lauren, just, I think that Kamala just coincidentally wore it again this week. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. What can Brown do for you? Nothing. It had nothing to do with skin color. It was about what she looked like. Um, so good for her, Amber, for, for standing up and not letting this like weird woke mob just roll her over. And good for Larry O'Connor for standing up for her, too. We should have a problematic Larry of the week. Yes. She'd love to hear that. <laughs> Well, with that, that's going to be it for this week's edition of Problematic Women. Join us on Tuesday for our interview edition and again next Thursday morning. In the meantime, please subscribe and share. Conservatives need your support in the podcast world, and we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does make a difference. Have a great week. Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal, produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. To keep up with PW throughout the week, follow Problematic Women on Instagram. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.